While there is a variety of Disney parks, there is a lot that separates them. And I'm not just talking about the park itself or the country it resides in. I mean the same ride you might find in Disneyland may not be the same one at the other parks across the world. So I wanted to take the next few weeks to talk about the rides across the parks, their history, their conception, and execution, and sprinkle some fun Disney trivia in while we're at it. So ladies and gentlemen, please keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times, and do not pull down on the safety bar, for I will lower it for you. The first ride I want to go over is Pirates of the Caribbean, one of the best-known rides and equally-known film franchises. Originally opened at Disneyland in 1967, the ride tells the story of a band of pirates in the West Indies during the 17th and 18th centuries. This also marks the last ride that was envisioned and overseen by Walt, who would pass away three months before the ride would open. Nearly seven years after its opening, the ride was replicated for the Magic Kingdom at Disney World, then again in 1983 at Tokyo Disney, and again at Euro Disney, a.k.a. Disneyland Paris, in 1992. Each ride, while boasting a similar facade, are all actually pretty similar, especially now so due to the success of the film franchise, the exception being Shanghai Disneyland's version. That one is a ride of its own. It was also named the best theme park ride of 2019. There are only very minor variations between the rides, like the facade, the queue, and the exits. So I'll be just detailing the Disneyland version for you. If you haven't been on the ride and don't want to know what happens, I'd skip this part. The time skip will be in the details of the podcast. The ride begins amid glimmering fireflies during an evening in a Louisiana bayou. Riders board their boats at Lafitte's Landing and are at once afloat in the heart of bayou country. Once past several rickety houseboats, the soft strumming of banjo melodies can be heard over the peaceful sounds of nature as guests pass by one houseboat on whose porch an old man calmly rocks back and forth in his rocking chair. This also takes you through the Blue Bayou Restaurant, which is a must for a sit-down meal. Above a stone archway, a talking skull and crossbones provides words of warning. to alter course, mateys. And there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove, waiting to board. Sit closer together and keep your ruddy hands inboard. That be the best way to repel boarders. And mark well me words, mateys. Dead men tell no tales. <laughs> he comes seeking adventure and salty old pirates, eh? Sure, you've come to the proper place. But keep a weather eye open, mates, and hold on tight. With both hands, if you please. The boat then takes a plunge down a waterfall into a dimly lit cavernous passage where voices can be heard singing the theme song. After a second plunge further into the depths of the underground grotto, known as Dead Man's Cove, 
Guests behold the skeletal remains of an unfortunate band of pirates guarding their loot and treasure with macabre delight. The boats glide gently past a violent thunderstorm tossing an old pirate ship about, though the ship's pilot is nothing more than a skeleton. The boats pass through the crew's quarter, complete with skeletal pirates frozen in time, playing chess, one drinking from a bottomless bottle of rum, the captain examining a treasure map, and an old harpsichord playing the theme song, and a huge amount of treasure being guarded by another skeleton pirate. The Aztec chest for Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl, sits in the corner of the treasure room, and is the last thing guests see before entering a dark tunnel. In the dark tunnel, the boats encounter another pirate skeleton, sitting in a booby trap and clutching the treasure chest, which appears to have transformed before the writer's eyes into a flesh-and-blood living pirate. Ominous voices boom from above, warning of the cursed treasure and what lies ahead. Cannonballs whistle overhead and explosions throw water into the air. A fierce battle between a marauding pirate galleon and a Caribbean fort fortress is in full swing. Captain Barbosa leads the assault from the deck of a pirate vessel named the Wicked Wench. A musical theme, the medallion calls, from the Pirates of the Caribbean Curse of the Black Pearl plays. From the deck of the Wicked Wench, Barbosa yells, Strike your colors, you bloomin' cockroaches. They need a bit of persuasion, mateys. Fire at will. Pound them, lads. Pound them. When a cannon is shot, guests may feel a powerful blast of air coming from the cannon, followed by a large splash and underwater lighting effects to simulate cannon fire. The village of Puerto Dorado on Isla Tesoro is overrun with pirates in search of treasure. The first site is the first site is the town square. The first site is in the town square, where some pirates have kidnapped the mayor, Carlos, and threatened to drown him in a well if he doesn't divulge the location of the treasure. Carlos' wife tells him to be brave and not to talk. She is shot at as Carlos is repeatedly dunked in the water while several other captive city officials look on. Captain Jack Sparrow is seen hiding behind some dresses. An auction scene follows where a pirate auctions off loot from the townspeople to other pirates. A red-headed female pirate is more interested in the town's rum supply, as are the bidders, who ignore the chickens that are currently being offered. In the next scene, pirates run around chasing women holding trays of food, and two foolish buccaneers who have stolen snacks are chased by a very angry woman holding a rolling pin. Just beyond is the pooped pirate, drunkenly waving a map and a key to a treasure vault, boasting that Captain Jack Sparrow will never see it. Jack is hiding in a barrel just behind him, popping out and getting a good look at the map over the pirate's shoulder. Off to the side, a pirate named Old Bill wants to share rum with a group of terrified alley cats. Carefree tipsy pirates succeed in ravaging the town and setting it aflame, filling the night air with an orange glow. Riders next float past a jail where imprisoned pirates are doing their best to escape as the flames draw near. A small dog just out of the prisoner's reach holds the key to their escape in his teeth. He seems all but immune to the pleas of the pirates trying to coax him closer. One of the pirates holds a noose, hoping to trap the dog. Timbers are smoldering and cracking overhead as riders sail through the storage room filled with gunpowder. Cannonballs and rum-filled gun-shooting pirates singing, Yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life for me. 
A shootout between the inebriated crew and captain of the pirate ship in a flaming ammunition warehouse threatens to demolish the entire village. Finally, Jack is seen in a room full of the hidden treasure. The treasure vault is mentioned by the poop pirate. He is draped over a large throne-like chair and waves his new treasures around while he ch chattering to himself and to passing by guests. Every once in a while, he sings, Drink up, me hearties, yo-ho. The boats proceed up the lift hill, and Davy Jones and Blackbeard's voices are alternatively heard, encouraging riders to come back soon. The boats reach the top of the hill and spill back into the sleepy bayou where the journey began, passing by a pirate on a sandbar that can be seen from the queue. So that is the most recent version of the ride. There have been a few changes made over the tenured life of Pirates. Some of the changes were just updates to make the ride look as new as possible, while others changed the story of the ride to make way for more progressive ideas. Most of these changes were welcomed, but like anything, it was met with criticism from some. The first changes were made in 1973, where they added old, the Old Bill scene to the Disneyland version. It originated in the Disney World version, and they decided to add it for continuity. The next change was the chase scenes with the pirates chasing the women. That was changed to have them chasing women with food. The same refurbishment saw the change of the pooped pirate to the gluttonous pirate, who was in search of food and not other things. They also changed a woman to a cat that he now talks to. This marked an exceptionally large change from the ride show, and not everyone was happy, and I'm not just including fans in this. Show writer Francis Xavier Intensio, a.k.a. X Intensio, had stated to Jason Sorrell for his book Pirates of the Caribbean from Magic Kingdom to the movies that the softening image of the ride made him refer to it as Boy Scouts of the Caribbean. Ouch. Changes were made once again in 2006, now to tie in the film, this added Barbosa and Jack Sparrow to the ride, changed the poop pirate to having a treasure map and a magnifying glass, as well as some audio changes to have more similarity to the film. There were a few small additions made as the years went on, but the most notable change occurred in 2018, when the auction scene was changed and the waterfall had Blackbeard removed from it entirely and the original 1967 audio was restored. The changing of the auction scene brought on a lot of criticism from fans. The original scene had pirates auctioning off women, and the change made the audio animatronic, now known as Red, the lead in the scene auctioning off the town's goods for rum. I can see the argument for keeping the ride original, but I personally like the change. It's fun, it's different, and it creates a new character for fans to admire. There is one thing that I must bring up, though, before we go. The Legend of the Human Skull on the Ride This comes from the ride's origins. The Imagineers wanted to make sure that the ride looked as accurate as possible, and all the fake skeletons looked very poor compared to the rest of the set. So one day, one of the Imagineers went to UCLA Medical Center and obtained some real human skeletons. That is 100% true and has been confirmed several times over by many Imagineers and cast members. But as time went on, and technology advanced, the bones were replaced with props. But according to Jason Sorrell, they weren't all replaced. Some may have stuck around to keep an ever-watchful eye on the ride. I can't confirm or deny if that's true or not, but most of my sources say it is. 
I'll let you come to your own conclusion on that. Remember, though, the ride won't offer up any help because... Yeah.